Welcome everybody to Fergan the Freak. This is episode 162. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak, and I'm joined tonight by Julie from RugbyLeagueMums.com. How are you, Julie? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Now, we're talking tonight about what Fox Sports should do with its programming because this pandemic has shown that they're pretty short of programming that isn't just game footage. Um, they've got a lot of talking heads. They've only got a few talking heads. And you thought it would be cool if we just had a discussion about the different sorts of shows they put on. Yeah, because they really don't have that many different styles and content on their channel. It's mm. basically the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. And, you know, the the message seems to always be the same. It's the same people. It's the same things they're talking about. And I think the one thing we've seen in this uh, lockdown that we've had is that there's so many great independent sources of like rugby league podcasts and websites and things like that. And you can really mix up your rugby league viewing or listening really well at the moment. And when you look at what Fox Sports is doing and it's sort of doing the same thing over and over again, you'd think that surely they would have to look at what's going on around them and think to themselves, we've got to mix it up too. Otherwise we're going to get left behind a little bit. Exactly. But it, doesn't really seem like they've grasped onto that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just when you look at their scheduling, it they don't even have like a proper news style show, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you think that they could probably chuck on like a half hour, six o'clock, what's happening in rugby league today sort of news show. That's what I was going to say. Like, mm. you could have a quick 20-minute episode of, like, a new style and you, you can – while the rest of the media, like Channel 9, are showing up, you know, players breaking quarantine and being naughty and all the bad stuff, mm-hmm. they could turn around and say, okay, this is what our players did. But also, look at what these players are doing, you know, around the community, um, like, not – Obviously now, but you know, um, these are the programs that they're doing. This is their community work. Show all the all the good side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, promote actually promote the good side of the band. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have a show like that. I tell you another one, and like it, the weird thing is they've got so many journalists on all of their shows, and I don't understand why because journalists are outsiders. They're, you know, we don't need to hear from them. Um, but if you did a, say you did a half-hour news show, what's happening in rugby league at 6 p.m., you could then have your journalists on for the following half hour between 6.30 and 7, and that would be the perfect time to hear from them, just once a day. I don't want to hear from them any other time. Yeah. You think that's a good idea? <laughs> Do we even need to listen to the journalists? Well, here's my thought. We put them on for that half-hour show, and then we release lines onto the set at the end of the show. <laughs> that would that would make it entertaining right at the end. I'd tune in for that. I suppose the one journalist I would really, really love to hear from mm-hmm. is Staff Riders. Yeah, well, Staff Riders does put in a lot of hard work there at Fox Sports, so, um, you know... 
that I think staff riders would be the the star of everything that was going on. Staff riders could like have their own TV show. They could be yeah. the host. What would it be called? Staff riders presents. Staff riders presents stuff. We heard. Yeah. <laughs> and staff riders has to wear a brown paper bag on their head with two holes cut out to look through. Like the tougher bag? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've just shown my age then, haven't I? Yeah, you have, actually. <laughs> oh, actually, I don't even know what you're talking about when I think about it. I'm too young. What are you talking about? Cut. Just cut that bit out later in editing. <laughs> yes. Edit point here. Um, <laughs> so, like, one of the things with the uh, with this Michael Jordan documentary that they're doing right now about the Chicago Bulls, I think it's called The Last Dance. Everyone's right now talking about sports documentaries and people are yeah. talking about the things that they'd love to see in rugby league. I don't understand why they don't put together documentary shorts on Fox Sports where you look back at maybe a grand final or things like that. And, I mean, if it was me, and I know I'm biased, I would have someone like Andrew Ferguson, rugby league historian, looking yeah. at the, through grand finals and telling you the stories that come out of them. And even if he was talking to a player in that grand final or, you know, looking back at some of the things that were written at the times, uh, especially in the older ones, I think that would be fantastic. And, you know, that would go for 20 minutes and it would be brilliant. Yeah, and I say take it a step further and use someone like Andrew and get him to highlight interesting years of the game. Like, you know, pick a random one. Like, you know, what happens in 1936? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have no idea what happened in 1936. It may be an absolutely boring year. Andrew would, if he was here, he'd be able to tell us straight away. But, you know, get, like I don't understand why... The, a dedicated rugby league channel, why don't they have a history of the game, like a documentary? I emailed them at one stage saying, hey, this is my idea. Mm-hmm. You know, have a documentary of the history of the game from the start, you know, highlighting, you know, all the different avenues of the game. Basically, mm-hmm. my website. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, why... You know, this is something we should do. Never heard yeah. back from them. Yeah, so it's a strange one because if, like, even if they did every 10 years of the game, that's a lot. That's like 12 episodes, you know, every, if you do every 10 exactly. years. Exactly. There's a mini if you do, Yeah, if you do every year, you've got 120-plus episodes that you could just have on a rolling basis, you know. Nothing's changing from 1983. 1983's locked in. You can put that in a can and bring it out once a year. Um, it, it would be fantastic, and they wouldn't even have to be like that long. Like I think doing a year and it taking up twenty minutes would be absolutely perfect. Exactly. And you know the other thing you could, on top of all of those things, you could focus on um, different events in the game. Like you could. I mean, you could have episodes about certain kangaroo tours, World Cups, the different World Cups we've had, um, State of Origin series. I mean, there's so many different layers you can add to that. And just, just something to mix it up. Just doing the clubs. Yeah, yeah. Even clubs we haven't got around anymore. Yeah, like I know there's heaps of 
clubs that don't exist anymore. Um, I and do, researching for the website, like I didn't, I didn't know there was that many. Mm. Yeah, and they like the weird thing about it is some of them died off naturally. Others were kind of pushed out for almost political reasons. Like they probably could have been saved, but they weren't. Like there just wasn't the will within the game to save them. Others left voluntarily, like uh, Newcastle left voluntarily, voluntarily yeah. early in the game's history. Um, you know, and then we had the, I mean, the Super League war where some of the clubs, they just, <laughs> News Limited just switched the lights off and that was it for some of them. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, that alone, if you just looked at dying clubs, that's a really interesting um, history of the game right there. I guess, as you said earlier, it's kind of, they need to be looking at our podcast because we do a lot of that in the podcast. <laughs> exactly. It's basically your podcast Yeah. on the Fox League channel. Yeah. And we wouldn't even be that expensive either. Oh, I might be. Well... You know, I know it's your podcast, but you know, this is my idea now. Yeah, <laughs> just stop. we have. I've just you have been on. And... You have been on for one episode and coming up on ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Plus um, all the other ones that we didn't record. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Um, that reminds me, how's your how's your podcast going? Uh, your podcast, your website going? RugbyLeagueMums.com. Uh, you put out a couple more articles since you were on last. Yeah, getting getting a couple of views mm-hmm. a day. Um, it's more than I thought I'd be getting at this stage. Got a few mm-hmm. followers. Um, yep. Yeah, it's it's coming along nicely. You know, the thing I found really interesting is, especially around the the Twitter feed for the website, you're starting to build a really nice little positive community about the game. Yeah, and I pop in, like, random questions occasionally and <laughs> uh, trying to think, like, one of, what one of my latest ones were. It was just um, which player got you into the game. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, because it's not necessarily who your favourite player is now. Yeah. Yeah, and I, there were some really interesting replies. Yeah, it was. I, I I replied to that one. My player was Andrew Eddinghausen. When I was a kid, he was my first favourite rugby league player. Yeah, and see, that's the interesting thing. It's not necessarily a player from your team. Mm. Because when you get into it as a kid, especially, like a young kid, they go for, like, you know, the most popular. And, yeah, and then you your club could change, like, because it doesn't exist anymore. That's another mm-hmm. question I've asked before. Yeah. What what reasons is it okay to change teams? Yeah, that was a really good question because there were so many different answers and some of, like, the grey areas between some of the answers. Like, people would say the different answers and everyone was pretty cool with it. But then when you'd start to talk about the grey areas between the answers, that's when people were getting fired up. Yeah, and uh, uh, there was a lot of people that went. There is no excuse. That's yeah. It. If your team, if your team leaves, that's it. Mm-hmm. And I just find it really hard being kind of new to this sport, right. like you know, for what ten years, I guess mm-hmm. it is. 
I find it really hard to comprehend people so into the game that their team, for whatever re- reason, folds, leaves, you know, doesn't exist anymore. And then they decide, no, I'm not going to watch another game. Yeah, I look, I don't think that happens very often. I know when North Sydney got kicked out of the competition and North Sydney Bears, what was that, what was it you said that they played at... Uh, I said, what What do you reckon the name of the North Sydney Bears ground was? What did you say? Oh, I had two responses. Yeah. Cuddletown and Barrington. <laughs> Barrington. <laughs> I liked Cuddletown. Yeah, Cuddletown Cuddle, was a nice. Cuddletown, Barrington. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so when they left, there were a lot of people that said, oh, I'm never going to watch the game again. They're all old people. Never, never going to watch the game again. And you always heard those people talking about what was happening in the game afterwards. And they'd swear that they're never going to watch the game again, but they all knew they were watching the game. Um, I think if the Panthers ever got kicked out, I would probably, like, I would obviously be very, very disappointed. I don't know that I'd follow a team in the same manner, but there'd definitely be teams I would want to see going well and teams I would want to win over other teams. And I wouldn't stop watching the game at all. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you might not necessarily get, like, you know, a team straight away, but I think after a while you'd eventually, like, get a soft spot for a team and you'd there'd be that natural progression. Yeah. It might not – it won't happen, like, over a year or two, but I think if you were watching it over, say, like, you know, five years, you'd eventually get a new team. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I, I know when I watch the game, I mean – there's different teams I like watching at different times. Like, for instance, I like, I've always liked watching the Storm. Um, I like, I like watching the North Queensland Cowboys at the moment because I like watching what, uh, Jason Tamalolo's doing. I've liked watching the Warriors a lot in the past, not so much the last couple of years because they've been, now they're so bad, they're frustrating. Yeah. Um, so it does change. There's times where, like, at the beginning of last season, even on the podcast, I was saying how much I liked watching the St. George Illawarra Dragons because I just loved that brutal style of play they were playing. Unfortunately, they couldn't keep going with it. Yeah. Like, have there been other teams for you? I know you're a Parramatta fan, but have there been other teams for you that you've watched and you've thought, oh, I don't mind watching them play? Oh, well, you know, originally I was a Storm supporter. Coming mm-hmm. from Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, oh, I, I really enjoyed watching Rabbitohs games because Inglis was playing. Yep, that was always good. Um, it, it's more like the battles that you see. Yeah, like like Storm and Warriors, they always. Uh, give a good game. Yeah, definitely. Because storm, storm struggle against Warriors. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, those kind of games, like, not necessarily, like, you know, going for one particular team, but, like, you know, just being really excited for that ma- match-up. Yeah. One one of the good match-ups you can always count on for being a great game is Storm versus the Sharks and Storm versus... The Manly Seagulls, as you said before, Storm versus Warriors. There's yeah, certain Storm games that Manly when I yeah. was watching, because yeah. Brett Stewart and Glenn Stewart were still playing then. 
Yeah. Yeah, that team. They that was really those were really good matchups with Storm. What other ones are they? Were going, I thought they were going to like win heaps of premierships that manly side. Yeah, they probably should have won a couple more, shouldn't they? Yeah. But not to be. I guess, you know, the thing that hurt them a little bit, um, Brett Stewart was a little bit injury prone. That didn't help. And, you know, I, I guess when Des Hasler left as well, that didn't help them. Yeah. The uh, You know, yeah. another... Another game I love watching, it doesn't matter how they're going, North Queensland versus Brisbane. That's another one that just always puts on a good show. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. Yeah. I know in the in the early 2000s, uh, Newcastle versus the Sydney City Roosters was a fantastic matchup because you had Fittler versus Johns. I always loved watching them play against one another. Yeah. I, see, I never got to see them play. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Like, so you've never seen a game that, say, Andrew Johns played at all? No, I've seen, like, little highlights from, you know, whatever. If a game's been on and, like, you know, they'll show him do something, same as, like, Fitler, you know, those quick little, you know, clips that they do. But, yeah, I've never actually seen a game. Okay. It'll be interesting to show you, like, some of his best games, like... uh in the 1995 World Cup final, I think he was playing at hooker because, I mean, it was early on in his, his career. And yeah. he was just, I mean, he was unbelievable. He if, Andrew Johns could have been the best hooker of all time if he decided to stay at hooker. Um, he was obviously a full uh, halfback, sorry. He was obviously a halfback, but he because he was such a good defender, they could play him in rep footy at hooker. And he was just brilliant as a hooker. Um but, yeah, just some of those games that he just took over and won just single-handedly. It would be interesting to show you a game like that and just saw what you think about thought about how he was playing and the difference he made to the team. Yeah, like the, the other day you had a poll on your Twitter feed. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was, but it was like, you know, I think it was something like who was the better player. Oh, yeah, who had the better – and it's a really interesting question. Who had the better career? Darren Lockyer or Brad Fittler. And I so totally wanted to, like, you know, vote on it. Yeah. But I'm like, I can't do this because I never watched Fittler play. Yeah. So I can only go with what I've seen. And I'd have to say it was um, Lockyer, but, like, that's not a true, a true, um, like, you know, representation because I – for all I know, I'd go back and I'd watch, you know, Fittler play and be like, ooh. Yeah, so I didn't end up voting on that. <laughs> I, I didn't want to skew the results. <laughs> well, it, it was interesting because it was a, a question that was basically brought up on the Swa Sports radio show that I, I'm on on uh, Saturdays. And when it was brought up, I was like, during the show, I was like, man, I don't know if I could if I could separate them because they had such amazing careers, the both of them though had winning careers. They I mean Fitler was a you know, he he just stepped out of high school and was a superstar straight away. Yeah. Um 
you know, there's just so many different elements to Brad Fittler's whole career. And then, like, Darren Lockyer was just a winner himself. And, and I think the things that Lockyer did, particularly at rep level as well, was just something else. And you look at his 2006 season where he won a premiership, State of Origin, and the Test Series, and, he, like, he swept everything. It was just... The, it was like the perfect season. It was incredible. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think I think I would maybe lean towards Lockyer slightly, but yeah. I don't know why. It might just be recency bias. Yeah, like I've heard people like you know tell me that Fitler's actually better than Joey, and I'm kind of there going. Okay, mm. maybe he is. Mm. I really, I really don't know. Yeah, I'd, you know, it's. It, they, what do you think? It's a difficult one. I, I've, I think I've said this before on the podcast. When you are talking about the players at this level, they're all great players. They're like they're all brilliant, and you're so you have to nitpick between them and you have to be really like brutal and i think sometimes it comes across as hating on the players because you've got to look for the littlest things um i think the thing that hurt johns compared to say fitler and lockyer is johns was a little bit more prone to having to carry an injury um but at the same time i would say that andrew johns also had to carry worse teams at times. Like, I think if you put Andrew Johns in the teams that Darren Lockyer played in, it would have been just unfair. It would have been ridiculous. He would have won a bunch more titles. Um, Maybe Andrew can do something with stats that can can just solve it. (laughs) Yeah, maybe he can. I mean, so I, I always sort of think of it as if you had to win a game to save your life, who would you want to be? Who would you want on the team, right? Now, if it was down to that, I would. I think I would pick probably Darren Lockyer because I'd never saw a game Darren Lockyer had to win that he wasn't able to somehow find a way to win. But at the same time, I saw Andrew Johns drag teams kicking and screaming to victories. They had no right in winning because he was just that good and that dominant. And it was both, it was like in attack and defense, he changed the game. Um, He made his teammates so much better that there are a a bunch of players running around that can say they played state of origin football and they can thank Andrew Johns for it. Um, I personally think the best player I've seen in my lifetime is probably Andrew Johns. But how do you line that up against saying, if I had to pick one player to win a game to save my life, I'd pick Darren Lockyer. It, that's where we're at. That's the nitpicking that we're at. Yeah, see, I can't actually say that yet because, like, you know, who's the best player I've seen play? Because the players that I started watching have only just started retiring. Yeah. I'm going through my first lot of, like, <laughs> mass retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Lucky, I think, was, like, you know, the first player I got to see retire. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, now it's, you know, Slater and Kronk and Thurston and Inglis. 
like these are these are the players that I I got into watching league, like you know, watching them play and yeah. So I think I've got to wait a while before I can say who the best player I've seen play is. That and then like look at the players that I I was watching. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be future immortals. How am I going to pick? Well, who would you say is the best player you've seen then? It's so hard. It. I think it would be a toss-up between Inglis and Cam Smith. See, they're pretty damn good choices. Like, I know from all of the football I've watched, Cameron. I think Cameron Smith's the best hooker of all time, personally. I think yeah. his achievements, uh, it, it's just too hard to argue with at this point. Yeah. Um, and Greg Inglis, in terms of, if you look at him as a centre, in terms of the best centres I've ever seen, he is right there with the Meningas and Steve Ranoff, who I would say are probably the two best centres I've seen in my lifetime. Um, he's right there. I think Greg Inglis is probably the best, I, I dare say he's the best athlete we've ever had in rugby league. You can play um, him anywhere. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, he was the world's best fullback at one point. He was the world's best centre at one point. You could have played him on the wing and he would have been the best winger. He played at 5'8", then won a Clive Churchill medal. Um, I think if he if his knee hadn't given up, I think eventually he would have ended up in the back row because he had the size <laughs> to be a back row, you know? Yes. So, and that's another thing that you say, that a player that can play all of those sorts of positions and not only do it pretty well, but do it at the most elite level possible. Um, you know, what do you say yeah. about a player like that? You know, he is definitely yeah. one of the all-time greats. Yeah, he's a future immortal. He has to be. If, I, it, it would it'd be mind-boggling if he didn't become an immortal. I, I think with he's With all immortal. of his achievements. Yeah, I think he's an immortal. Look, I, I'm really... I, I kind of lean towards the same sort of thing as Andrew in that... Andrew believes you should have to have been retired for 10 years before we even talk about it, right? Yeah. Because you need to stand that longevity. Um, and of the players that have retired probably or are still playing, I think that the Immortals, I think that uh, Cam Smith will be an Immortal. I think that Inglis will be an Immortal. Yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think Thurston will be. I don't think... I, he was very, 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 very good, but I don't think he's an immortal. I yeah. think, uh, yeah, I, I, I really do. I, and I, I have a feeling Andrew agrees with me on that one. I, I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to ask him. Um, I think by the end of his career, Jason Talmalolo will be an immortal. Um, I don't know because he's playing at the Cowboys. I think that may hurt him, depending on the success of the Cowboys because it's only like recently that they're becoming um, well successful and being able to win like consistently. Mm. Um, I think they need to keep a good coach there to keep that success up. Otherwise, if they go downhill again, I reckon that will affect Tamalolo's chance. 
in the mortal. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think it will. I think that he's... I think what he is doing, we just haven't seen before. Like, I mean, his last game before we went into the lockdown, he broke the all-time record for metres for a forward. And yeah, I, to do it in this era is just absolutely ridiculous. Like, we've got so many good forwards, so many good forward packs. And for him to do it in, you know, 2020, is it, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I just worry that he's going to be forgotten about because there'll be someone, like, you know, more flashy and spectacular and from, like, you know, a really successful, powerful club. Yeah. Well, I guess, like... Because with everyone guess, that's, like, you know... Yeah, you sorry, can. go on, go on. No, I, I was just going to say, because um, of the players that I've been watching, mm. like, how... Basically, that whole Queensland origin team. Mm-hmm. There's so many plays there that you look at and you say, they've got to be future immortals. Mm. Like, that generation of players, there's going to be so, there's going to be an abundance of talent that I worry that the ones like Tamalolo that should become immortals are going to be overlooked for, you know, a flashy player because. For whatever reason, it just seems like rugby league doesn't like to reward front rowers. Yeah, it doesn't. It's really strange. Like, you know, the two best front rowers I've seen in my life are Glenn Lazarus and Shane Webke. And then slightly behind them, like, and I mean the, and we're talking about like a quarter of percent you know, when you get to this sort of level, is someone like a seven receiver. Um, oh, and, I loved watching and, him. Oh, did ya? Oh, he he was looked like such a gentleman. Like I'd love to meet him one day. He just seems yeah. so nice. Sorry, we're not on a tangent. It's all right. That's what we like on this on tangents. Um, the well, the thing about seven receiver is like just his longevity was fantastic. And you don't see it. You don't see that very often with front rowers that just have that such uh, longevity. And he did it at a couple of clubs. It was fantastic. But yeah, um, yeah it, like it's weird to me that we never hear of Glenn Lazarus as a possible immortal um, or Webkey even because they would definitely be worthy of it. But yeah. as you say, they they it's like the uh, Dally M points. It always. Well, it tends to go towards backs. And, you know, it, if a forward wins it, it's got to be an extraordinary performance. That's why when uh, Tamalolo won it not long ago, it was like, wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, they, they need to do something different with the Dalliams. Mm. The, the point system for, like, scoring each game, it always goes to a back who's just doing their job yeah and yeah. as you pointed out a forward has to do something absolutely you know spectacular and just to even get like one point yeah yeah like you'll see you'll see a forward just you know be devastating all game and the fullback gets the ball and kicks field goal and wins it and he gets three points and it's like what's going on here you know yeah what about the forwards yeah. 
there needs to be a new system. I'll have to think of a new system for it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're relying on you to come up with this new system. Maybe what you could do is write about this new system and put it on uh, your website. That would be fantastic. Yeah, when I, when I figure out what it is, a nice yeah. fair system. <laughs> and it can't have anything to do with how the players look, all right? Why not? Because that, we just can't have that happening. Yeah, that wouldn't be fair. Yeah. Yeah, you, you've seen my list of the most handsome players. I have, I have. It's uh, I mean, interesting reading. It was interesting reading. I was a little bit surprised by some of them. I was a little bit surprised when I delved further and was like, "Why him?" And you were like, "Oh, because of this." And I'd be like, "Whoa." <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's been a short but sweet podcast. It's been fantastic having you on. Um, tell us where we can find you. On Twitter. At Everywhere. RL Mums. Yep. Um, my other Twitter handle is at Eels Dance Mum. And mm-hmm. you can find me on my website at rugbyleaguemums.com. Excellent. Yeah, actually put out a a really interesting um, article recently about how to pronounce player names and the results that you got when you approached clubs to try and get the information and how helpful club some clubs were and how other clubs kind of brushed it a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I realised that some people don't know how to read an email. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's probably too harsh, but it... That's basically what it came down to. Um, and I really thought it was going to be a simple, easy thing of, yeah, here's the list. Yeah. It it wasn't that easy. Wow. And That's I'm still waiting to hear from some gods. Yeah, it's uh, – you would think that they would have it. You'd think it would be part of their – you start the season, the media person sort of – goes through the plays that are new to the club and gets their player pronunciations of their names and it's just part of their information. But, it, yeah, it was weird that you found it so difficult for some clubs. Yeah, and a lot of the responses, spoiler alert, is you'll find that information on our website. I'm still looking. Yeah, because they just... They don't like. Was actually did any of them have it on their website that said it was on their website? No, unless it's staring at me right in the face. If someone can (laughs) point it out to me, that would be great. Yeah, we'll get to rugbyleaguemums.com. Have a read of the article. I mean, there's great information there about the players with their the player, um, the name pronunciations that are there that you are able to get. Uh, there were some clubs that were absolutely fantastic, and yeah, yeah that's in itself was it was uh, an incredible read. So congratulations on putting that together. Thank you. Excellent. Hopefully, it helps people. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will because, uh, man, even even me, some of the names in rugby league now, I am I look at them and I'm like, oh boy, this is gonna this is gonna be a bad one. <laughs> yep. And it, eventually, I'm going to have every current player's name 
mm-hmm. on there and it'll be a resource that everyone can use and you'll know you're pronouncing it right. Mm-hmm. And if there's any players listening, if you want to get in touch with me on how to pronounce your name, I'll put that up there too. Awesome. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll have you on again very soon. Okay. And thanks for thanks to everyone for having a listen. And uh, we'll be back on in the next couple of days. See you later.